Eagles fans, and welcome to another edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson, joined by Bo Wolf and Fran Duffy. No longer that's, Eagles Beardly. That's oh, very nicely done. Very nicely done. Yes, the clean-shaven Bo. Feel like a baby. Bringing it back, still trying to rub the beard against the mic, and just to no avail. No avail whatsoever. So Some avail. The world yeah. rejoices. Exactly. So... We're going to recap the loss to the Cowboys. Look ahead to this Saturday's matchup with the team from Washington. And then we the Washingtons. The Washingtons. And safety Malcolm Jenkins will be our special guest. And we also, at the end of the show, go back and look at the undrafted class of 2011. Oh, oh nice. nice. And see if You're you going guys. Down. Yeah, this will be good. You're going down. There, there are some names. Who are, there's a couple players still oh, on the man. team. Okay. And then there's some guys who I just... I couldn't remember whatsoever. One iota. I'm excited. I'm, I'm very 2011 excited. 2011 offseason. 2011 offseason. It moves the needle so. for me. So, yeah. first things first. Yeah, I guess we got to delve into the loss to Dallas. And before we break into the get into the X and O's, it, it's very eerily similar to me. Looking back to 2008, when the Eagles played Arizona twice that season, they beat them handily on Thanksgiving. Eagles beat the Cowboys handily on Thanksgiving this year. Back in 2008, they had a rematch in the NFC Championship game. Everyone thought that Eagles were going to smoke the Cardinals because they beat them on Thanksgiving. Eagles got to a horrific start, a slow start, trailed by double digits, came all the way back to take the lead in the fourth quarter, only to lose the game at the end. Very similar this time around where Eagles on Sunday night trailed 21-0. Scored 24 straight points, and even before that, I thought I was like, I thought the Cowboys had thrown everything they had at the Eagles, that they were going to have a monumental collapse. I was getting excited because I was like, this is the almost the best thing you could ask for. Yes, the Cowboys got 21 nothing, but it was going to be a collapse of epic proportion, only for the Eagles to come up short and lose 38 to 27. It wasn't fun. No. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, it started on the first play of the game, which. Like hurt so much because that crowd was yeah. so so into it. Like, like I haven't heard before the game uh, in a long time. They were ready, f- just to have an absolute party. Uh, and in one play, it was thrown away. And then twenty-one nothing by the beginning of the second quarter. Obviously, it takes so much to fight back from from that. Uh, that you know they didn't have much left in the fourth. It was uh, it was very disappointing. And, and you know, if if not for the wind like a gust of wind or if Brad Smith had caught the ball I think the game turns out completely differently. Yeah, I mean that's it. the the uh the script got flipped cuz Thanksgiving we jumped out to that early lead uh and Dallas really had trouble kind of getting back into it. Obviously the we fared a little bit differently. We were a little bit more competitive as the game wore on. Uh but that that early hole just, you know, it's tough to come back from that. And we say all the time it's you know, it's hard to beat a team twice in one season. Uh and so these last two games are are not going to be uh, cakewalks either. No, for me, see, going to this game, I, I felt like the things that happened on Sunday night were the things I thought could have happened on Thanksgiving. Des Bryant having the big game that he had, Tony Romo having a good game like he did, Jason Witten being a threat in the middle of the field. Like, all those things are the things that I thought were going to happen on Thanksgiving. And when they didn't, I said, well, there's, look, the Eagles defense did a great job of scheming against Tony Romo and company the first time around. The Eagles offense getting the jump on them obviously was huge in that first matchup. But for those reasons, I thought, and Fran, I know you thought this as well, that the Eagles just matched up so well with the Cowboys, it was going to be very tough for Dallas to win. But it was all those things that kind of just reared their ugly heads from the turnovers to the secondary, just all coming together there. 
Yeah, I mean, the look, the, the Eagles didn't change a lot of things defensively from what we saw against uh, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You saw lots of double teams against Des Bryant, which, you know, we've highlighted in the past that they were able to do in the first matchup, and it worked really, really well. Uh, they did it a number of times, especially early in the game. They did it throughout the game, but uh, early in the game, those first few big third-down completions to Jason Witten, uh, Des Bryant was doubled on the outside. So uh, those were situations that Tony Romo wasn't able to capitalize on back in Thanksgiving in Week 13, and he did a good job of completing those passes this week, uh, to much to the Eagles' chagrin. But, uh, you know, look, it's it's one of those things where – you just got to do a better job executing, especially, look, third down has been a killer the past two weeks for the Eagles defense. Uh, winning on that down, on the money downs, is going to be important moving forward if they want to get into the postseason. In fact, the Eagles offense was actually better in the one area that they weren't in the first matchup. They were one for five in the red zone. Mm -hmm. That Thanksgiving matchup could have been 40 or 50 points or more. Yeah. This time around, they were three for three. They did a great job in the red zone. The problem was, in the second half, the turnovers. And then the first quarter going three and out on consecutive drafts to open yes. the game. Um, you know, n neither side of the ball, all three sides of the ball, uh, none of them really played very well except for spurts here and there. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't good enough. And uh, then that's why the Eagles no longer control their own destiny. And I guess that's the biggest thing. So we look at the playoff picture. The Eagles are still very much alive. I, I think fans are obviously deflated. It's very disappointing coming off that tough defeat. You have all these, you know, a couple weeks ago, the Eagles had the best record in the NFL. And now they're technically on the outside looking in. But they still very much can get into the postseason. Certainly, they got to take care of business the next two weeks with Washington and the Giants. Again, they're not going to be easy because, as you said, Bo, they've already beat them once, and it's tough to defeat division rivals twice. But nonetheless, though, going back in history, ever since the NFL expanded the schedule to 16 games, there have only been two teams that won 11 games in a season and missed out on the playoffs. That being said, they just, they're going to need some help. And it here comes from Dallas losing one of their next two games. I'm assuming here the Eagles do win out to finish with 11 wins. Dallas would have to lose once. That would give the Eagles the division. If you're looking from the wild card standpoint, you would need Detroit, Green Bay, or Seattle, one of those teams, to lose out in the next two weeks. And the Packers and Lions playing week 17, yes. so that's one loss there. I don't expect the Packers to lose at Tampa Bay next week, but, you know, crazier things have happened than the Lions losing in, in Chicago. They know each other well, so uh, maybe something crazy will happen there. I don't expect Seattle to lose at Arizona against Ryan Lindley and then uh, at home against the Rams in Week 17, but maybe. Uh, I, I, think the, I think the best odds, obviously, are the Lions losing out or hoping that the Cowboys lose on Sunday against Indianapolis if – the Eagles win on Saturday in Washington. We'll all be watching that game very yes. closely. Um, and then, you know, they could they could lose at Washington, too, in Week 17. And, you know, maybe if the Eagles only win one and the Cowboys lose right. out, that That's works That's how crazy it could be. That Technically, a loss wouldn't eliminate them unless the Cowboys won. But I don't even want it to go down that, that road. So let's look ahead. Saturday, nationally televised game. It's going to be on NFL Network. If you're in the local area, it's on CBS. Eagles, Washington. It was very close the first time around. But it's a different quarterback this time for Washington. We were talking about like how a great. A different, different quarterback. Yeah. It was, we were thinking how great Kirk Cousins was. You go back to that first matchup, seemed like he could be the guy for Jay Gruden, Robert Griffin III. It's now his team, as Jay Gruden has said. And, uh, Fran, you've watched the tape. How do you think he performed in last week's loss to the Giants? Well, he made, he made some plays with his feet. You know, uh, I think people have said that he's looked more athletic. Uh, since his return from his most recent injury 
uh, you know, look, he's he's still not the guy he was back in you know, 2012 in his rookie year uh, where they were running all kinds of zone read principles and he was, you know, outrunning defenders to the second level and outrunning defenders to the corner. Um, but look, I mean, still this is this is what he is at this point. He's not going to be your – uh, your your champion of the three step passing game. He's not gonna uh, you know carve defenses up think, that way. Because he'll think it's one step or five steps. Well, that's according to to Jay Gruden. Yes, but um, <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> he's here all day. Thank you. Um, but you know that, that and that's the thing with him. But look, they're still they're a running football team. You know, Alfred Morris is still there, and they've got uh, you know Chris Thompson, it, the, the fl- former Florida State Seminole, who I who I liked a few years ago as a, a running back. What are, what are you going to ask? Is it Alfred Morris or Morris Alfred? It's uh, I'm pretty sure it is Alfred <laughs> Morris, and it is Thompson Chris. That's not a first name. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, look. That, you that, love Chris Thompson. Yeah, I like Chris Thompson a lot. Injury history. He had, he had like, a broken back at one point. So, um, But, so yeah, look, this is, this is a, a versatile offense uh, that's got a number of weapons. You know, the, the, both tight ends, Jordan Reed and Niles Paul, have had a lot of success. Paul uh, Niles, I think. I'm yeah, pretty sure about that one. It might be Paul Niles and Roberts Andre. Um, no, that's not a first name. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to keep flipping the script on you so you can see how annoying it is. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon. I mean, they've got a number of weapons in that passing game. A lot of injuries they've dealt with, though. Yeah, no doubt. So, And then on the defensive side of football, speaking of injuries, Brian Arakpo is not there for them anymore. They don't D'Angelo Hall, who got injured, if I'm correct, in that in first game, matchup. In our game, Achilles. With the Eagles. You know, it's... It's going to be, once again, can the Eagles execute and not turn the ball over? And you know that Jim Haslett's going to bring the blitz. You know that the pressure's coming on Mark Sanchez, so he's going to have to make quick decisions and get rid of the ball quickly. Can they take care of the football? That's that, really the big that's, question. And that's the question is can you, can you burn the blitz? You know it's going to come. Uh, they're going to mix some things up. If, you know, if history proves, they're going to mix things up against us in terms of uh, man and zone coverages. They've had a lot of issues. You, know, you talked about the injuries. They've been cycling players in and out. And even the guys that were starters are you know, not executing on a consistent basis. They're, uh, you know, they've, they've had a lot of busts on the back end playing very basic coverages, you know, whether it's cover three or cover two or you know, cover one. You know, there are a lot of basic coverages that have been blown. Uh, the game against the Colts, they gave up a number of big plays to uh, that passing game that were just, you know, just a flat-out bust. It wasn't even their receivers beating the corners. Like it was, you know, guys were wide open. So – uh, it's going to come down to those, those guys executing on that end as well. And if they do make mistakes, can the Eagles execute and uh, take advantage? Jordan Matthews goes over 100 yards in this game. That's my prediction. All right. Rookie receivers have had a lot of success against the Redskins this year. Very interesting. So, Excellent. So I think uh, if you remember, Matthews had his first two career touchdowns That's right. in the first matchup. So speaking so, of the his first receivers. career post-touchdown slip. That's right, yes. Wasn't quite sure what to do for the celebration, so yeah. he just went for the – Fell right on his butt. Yep. So uh, I think it's time to lighten the mood a little bit and uh, bring in our special guest, one Malcolm Jenkins. Our special guest on this week's Eagles Insider Podcast is none other than safety, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. BT usually plays applause for the players. Yeah, what is going on? Just a little zombie. <laughs> a little zombie action. A little zombie action. Yeah. So we, we know your affinity for zombies. And actually, you did a studio segment with us, our crunch time segment, a couple weeks ago. And we discussed what happened if a zombie apocalypse were to take over Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, the players yeah. you were going to take with you, you said Trent Cole, mm-hmm. the obvious. hunter, obvious, obvious yeah. easy yeah. pick. Your second pick was John Dornboss. Yep. It was a very, very good, a very off-the-wall selection. Because, you know, we're, the, the, the question was really 
gauged around just the stadium, if the stadium was okay. taken over, but that's not realistic. I was thinking more <laughs> if there is a real zombie apocalypse, you got a long time to survive, <laughs> um, you know, and days are long, especially when you don't okay. have the entertainment. So that's where you need John Dornbos. That makes sense. That's a good one. You know, he keeps you entertained, keeps the morale high in the group. And then, you know, worst case scenario, you can just leave him as bait and, <laughs> <laughs> and get, out of a, get out of a sticky situation. So, you know, there you, go. I like you, gotta, that. you gotta strategize sometimes. Are you a big Walking Dead fan? Very much so. Did you, uh, did you catch up the season? Do not spoil this for me. I didn't watch the last <laughs> oh, two. All right. I've, I've, I got it since we play on Sundays. I got a TiVo everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hadn't got around to watching the last episode. Everybody keeps telling me it's amazing. Um, but obviously due to our shortened schedule here, here and there, I'm, I'm sad to say that I have not seen the entire episode or a season yet. Well, we started talking about, you know, obviously building off the conversation you had with Chris a couple of weeks ago. There was a segment, though, that you hosted a couple of years ago with uh, with Namdi Asamoah, Bird on a Wire, where he had mm -hmm. to uh, compare players on the roster to characters from The Wire. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, I had a couple of questions for you. Who is, who I'm is your... I'm completely out of this conversation. Yeah, you're no completely... No, yeah, yeah, so this well, is good. So. I'll, I'll take this over. Okay. All right. So I'm going to put the headphones down, and then I'll be back in. <laughs> you got to pick your Rick Grimes guy who's going to be your leader who's going to make all your tough decisions who's going to be you know he's your guy who's the who's the leader of this group uh, uh, i think i think he's sitting with us oh well, well, i haven't that's, seen the show i'm well, just we'll gonna take go around i can't be the leader because yeah, I'm, I'm a city guy so like i'm still learning all the whole <laughs> you know being outside type of stuff uh i, I say d'amico d'amico okay. would be rick definitely well the the obvious one is daryl you gotta you gotta have a hunter who's yeah gonna, that's who knows gonna be way. you know that's gonna be Trent. that's yeah, an easy one yep uh, the next one is who's, who's your Glenn? Someone who's brave, who can get out of sticky situations, kind of can sneak around. Probably a smaller guy, quicker guy. Chris Marigos. Marigos. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Chris Marigos. All right. I was thinking Sproles. Yeah, that's a mm. good. That's I don't. A good I don't watch the show. I'm just off his. Off his <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Last just one. Just go off the descriptions, you know. Just throw it in there. Last one. Who, who's your Tyrese? Got to be a big, physically imposing guy, but he's going to be your moral compass. Who's going to be, you know, kind of your gentle giant here. That, that's Jason Peters. Peters? Yeah. yeah. All right. Like Peters. There you go. The bodyguard. That's course. a pretty good yeah. group. Throw Doran Boss in there. James, yeah, James, James Restaurant Award winning uh, Jason Peters. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you, you, you won too. You, you won the uh, most underrated beard on the team. Really? Yes. There you go. I so, work hard at that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Take pride in it. So. Yeah. So, uh, the, whole, the whole zombie apocalypse thing, how did that, how did you first get into that? Uh, I guess... If I pulled like some psychology move on myself, um, back when I was a kid, uh, my and she's gonna hate that I'm saying this, but my aunt used to babysit us, and she had a huge movie collection. And one day, I don't know why, uh, we ended up watching *The Night of the Living Dead*, mm. the black and white version. Yep. And um, it just so happened during that period of time we lived, maybe three blocks from a cemetery. So that <laughs> that just destroyed me as a kid. Now, um, how old were you? Like, are we talking like seven, eight years old? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's like right when your imagination <laughs> is soaring. And we live right next to a daggone um, cemetery. But um, I kind of got back into it probably over the last couple of years, just as The Walking Dead came out. When yep. I first saw it, I didn't really uh, like the show because I think I came in like mid-season and I didn't know what was going on. But, right. you know, Netflix, you can go back and watch – episode one, season one, and go through it. And that's when I really, really started to enjoy it. And um, then I started reading. Then I really took off when I read the um, the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. Okay. 
I read that book and it just it blew my mind. <laughs> right. And I've been addicted ever since. In all those movies, there's always like one of the main characters always says, "Oh, if it weren't for if it weren't for Bob next door, you know, he he we all thought he was crazy all along, and he was prepared, and he was the one that saved all of us." Do you hope to be that guy? I do. Like, <laughs> I, I I'm one of those people. If a zombie apocalypse ever came out and, and broke out, I'd be that guy in his house like, yes. <laughs> I'm do you ready. have a shelter? No, not yet. I'm not, okay. I'm not so that guy. Like, like, I'm they? not going to go broke, but I'm going to be ready. <laughs> I'll survive at least two weeks. Okay. <laughs> right, what, are the, what are the few things that you need? What are, what are we talking about? I mean, here? it's a lot. It depends on how long you want to survive. Okay. So if you read, if, and this is the thing, if you read Max Brooks' book, it's called The Zombie Survival Guide. Right. It basically coaches you through every scenario you could ever have with a zombie outbreak from a small one, you're talking maybe 20 people, okay. to 200 <laughs> people, to a worldwide epidemic. Right. Just telling you, so if, do you want to be one of those people who bunkers in, what you need to do, what you need to store up? So if it does, an outbreak does occur and you, you want to stay at home, let's say you have a multi-level multi house. Okay. You get all the water and everything you need from downstairs, put it upstairs. Okay. Destroy your stairs because you don't want people to be able to get to you. Makes sense. Right? And then you got to somehow have a way, whether a ladder upstairs, you can get in and out of the house just in case you got a bell. So then you can bunker down. Okay. Like that. Yep. If you're on the yeah. run, then you need all your kind of outdoor stuff. You're going to need something to sleep under, something to hunt with, because you're going to always be needing to replenish your, your um Whatever, you know, your food and water because you're always going to be on the move. You can't take a whole bunch with you. So you got to be strategic in what you do bring. Goes through all of it. It was like once I learned all of that, I was like, I'm ready. I'm, you know, I'm in it. I've <laughs> Destroy kinda, your stairs. That's going to stick with that's me. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. I've always kind of thought that Novacare <laughs> would be a good bunker to kind of, because it's got the fences around. It's got too many windows. All right. All right. So there's yeah. one. But I, I did, I've <laughs> already <laughs> thought You've about it. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It, it's hilarious. When, yeah, I was in, uh, when I was in New Orleans, that was the main thing. It was, I was like, all right, if it ever breaks out, where am I going to go? <laughs> it was this facility because all the doors are locked and need, you know, you need a code to get in. Right. But they got a lot of like the weight room. Yeah. Very, very vulnerable. Yeah. It's got too many, too many windows. On the outside. New Orleans yeah. must have been the it's worst true. with all the voodoo and everything going on down oh, there. No, that's Did you did that did that yeah. factor into your free agency decision? That <laughs> that that there were too many windows in the, uh, in the <laughs> complex. No, no, no. <laughs> but you know, when I did move here to the city, um I, I actually like downtown living, so mm -hmm. but that's probably the worst place you can be yep. for a zombie, you know, apocalypse. So I'm currently trying to map out my escape plan. Are you in? Are you downtown? Or yeah, you're, okay. yeah, I'm downtown. So it's probably worst, think, yeah. worst, worst case scenario. I gotta think. Hey. I gotta think that you're. There's obviously you go to Columbus Boulevard. There's you know the Targets and the WalMarts. That's where everyone's gonna go, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's gonna. So like, if you're in South Philly, there's all the little mom and pop corner stores mm -hmm. and like stuff like. If you're gonna raid for supplies, you got all these little like kind of locations that might be hole in the walls that people may not know about. But everyone's gonna think to go. I've thought this out too. Meg wakes me up all the time. My wife makes, wakes me up all the time because I'm like running in my sleep because I dream about zombie apocalypse like once every two weeks. You know, another thing that that's weird. not good about <laughs> our facility is right next to the stadium. Yeah. And like one and one thing that I don't, you know, people do when they need refuge, they go to yeah stadiums. Like yeah. you see in New Orleans with everybody went the to Superdome. Super right? right? yep. And so that's uh, too much attention that's to be, to be locked down over here. Okay. Now, you took a survival class not too far from here. You've yes, read I the did. books. Where did you take the survival class? So at? so my wife, um, she 
for my birthday found a survival class um, in Jersey. They don't disclose the d- the location to you. Gotcha. Until about they, a week or two before the class. Oh, they don't like they don't like uh, kidnap you and put a, a bag over your head. <laughs> no, and no, no, no. Like, you, dri- you drive you drive up, are. but it's we'll in the middle of nowhere. You go willingly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, and basically, it's, they do either a, a three day camp or they do um, just a, day, a whole day thing. So I was there from like nine to probably six and um they just went through a whole bunch of things got to do knife throwing and uh show you how to shoot a crossbow okay um all kind of firearms whether it be sniper or just a simple handgun how to do uh, sutures and stitches and stuff you know yeah they use um that's good that's good for parents too yeah (laughs) i mean it's all, all kind of stuff so it was you know it was fun um but all of it, you know, like like I said, all of it is funny because we say zombies, but really right. it's just any simple survival thing. So whether it's, you know, a hurricane or any natural disaster, anything that can happen, just knowing how to survive and, right. and just the basics. Uh, but it's always fun when you're talking about zombies, too. What was your apocalypse weapon of choice when you after taking the class? Crossbow? I am a handgun... Throwing knives, type right. of guy. There you go. I was good really good. Sorry. I was really good at the throwing the knives. That sounds throwing like fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's actually hard to make them Build stick in your target because they, you know, in the movies, that's what I always they throw them and I they, thought, they yeah. always stick. But I feel a lot like, of times like half the time you hit the handle. Yeah. How do you ensure that it like? Is there like a way to weight the throw so that it's in the wrist? I think it's just you either got it or you don't. It's just talent. <laughs> if there is ever a zombie apocalypse, I would hope that it is very. You guys haven't watched it, but I would hope that it's kind of like The Walking Dead because they kind of just meander yeah, around. That is th- my other worst nightmare. If there is ever a zombie apocalypse and there's like the World War Z zombies. Oh, that's game over. Yeah, yeah right. That's just kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> How does your wife put up with this? Uh, she started. She's just slowly embraced it. <laughs> she, she shakes her head and just moves on. But, you know, I'm. Like she's like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Just open up the zombie survival guide and <laughs> buy something. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got me a hand radio last year for Christmas. Nice. They've all bought in. Very happy. So you grew up about an hour and a half from here. Mm-hmm. Did you come to Philadelphia a lot? Did you? Were you familiar with the city before you uh, signed here? The one time I came to Philly wasn't that great of um, an experience. I um, it was my freshman year in high school. And I had a, an elbow injury, um, and long story short, it's it was called myositis ossificans. And basically, you have a trauma to your muscle, and it starts to calcify, and basically a bone starts to form. Okay. So, But <clears throat> my parents didn't know what that was. Some doctor, they Sounds saw like it Sounds like you a, were turning into a zombie. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they saw a little mass, you know, on some skin, whether it's x-ray or something, and they thought it was cancer, and they didn't they didn't tell me, though. But they just like, yeah, we're going to go to Philly to the children's hospital to a specialist. Oh, jeez. And I I'm guess sorry got, I brought up this really bad Oh, no, no, you're just, good. <laughs> when I came back home, you know, I'm thinking is I just went to the doctor. It's nothing big deal. Everybody's celebrating. It's like, yes, it's not cancer. It's just <laughs> myositis ossificans. And I'm like, you thought I had cancer and didn't tell me? But, uh, you know, it got better after that. Obviously, better memories now than, than then. <laughs> How great is it, though, being so close to where you grew up with your family still? In, in Piscataway? Oh, it's really great. I mean, especially now that I have a daughter who just turned one, so for her to spend time with my family and, and you know, her little cousins and everybody, it's, it's really good. Um, 
not too good for my ticket request, but yeah. yeah. But it's mm-hmm. always good, you know, especially being um, on the road. <laughs> uh, I've been in, you know, in Ohio for four years, then in New Orleans for five years. So I've been really gone from home for about nine years. Uh, so to be back on the East Coast is is um is really fun for me and my family. How much of a factor was that in the free agency process? Um, it was it was a factor. It wasn't the the biggest, you know, because I'm yeah. I've been used to being away. Um, but it was definitely a, a sweetener to to the deal, knowing that um, you know I could get back closer. Not only my my family, but my friends too. A lot of people I went to high school with are still around, um, still in the area, and and I've got to see a lot of them. So it's um you know it makes life even outside of football um, that much better. A lot of talent came from your neck of the woods in Piscataway mm-hmm. when it comes to the NFL. North so Jersey high school football, man. Yeah, I mean we you know just on my team alone we had three first rounders with me, Anthony Davis, Kyle, Kyle Wilson. Wilson. Yep. Uh, oh, wow. But if you want to talk about just guys from Jersey, that's a long list. I argue all the time, and I I, I win most of the time too. We were talking about just the guys from probably within two years we came out of Jersey. It's a long list with the McCordy twins. You got Curry was Vinny Curry was out yep. there. Cushing. Um, Sean Green, Junior Gillette, uh, B.J. Raji, uh, Eugene Monroe, Dwayne Jarrett. So li- the list goes on. How many of these guys did, did you, were you looking at recruiting, friend? Well, Junior went to Temple uh, originally before he went down to uh, Stillman. So, yeah, I, I knew Junior really well. Uh, but – uh, a lot of those other guys were before my time when I was at Temple. No, when you say you have these debates, are you talking about with guys from like Florida and yeah, like you know, Texas? Well, if you go like if you go like Ohio, per capita, Texas. or that's or, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. always my argument yeah. per capita. But there are a lot of people in Jersey, so sometimes I lose that one per bit. per square foot. Though. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know everybody wants to talk about Ohio and Texas and Florida, California. I always throw Jersey in the mix though. So talking about the holiday plans, you and Des before the game, we're talking about the holiday plans. Yeah, what you, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. you do over the holidays, so you know how you get into you know, one of those um, those arguments where you try to out nice somebody. <laughs> you're like, you know, yeah. hey guy, yeah, I, I, no, I'll do it. No, I'll do it. Right. No, yeah, that's kind of one of those. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get him to come to my house. No, you look good. To come yes. to his house, and I'm like, no, Philly's better. <laughs> you know, come to my house. I, I thought it was a perfect way to to kind of. Th- I mean, you figure that everyone's gonna ask you about it, right? You know, so I thought it was a perfect way for you to kind of you know dress as. Yeah, you don't never want to talk about those things, especially after a loss and, uh, you know, when your emotions are high. Sometimes that's when those come on, man, type of quotes come out. Yeah. That's never good for anybody. What is the mindset of the team this week? Obviously, big game Saturday. You guys still have everything to play for. Right. What, what's been the, the mindset as uh, the training sessions get underway this week? Uh, you know, it's <clears throat> obviously coming off of a, a really tough loss. Um, the mindset is is really – getting back on track and being where we are right now and focusing on the task at hand because this game is bigger than any. You know, we talk about what it is we're trying to get accomplished and we can't let last week's uh, failures and the way our bodies are feeling at this point in the season and this being a short week is very easy for us to just look, you know, to feel sorry for ourselves and not be as prepared as we need to be for this game. And then that's how you let bad turn to worse. And uh, we can't let that happen. Um, we still got everything to play for, and we got to get better. So <clears throat> we didn't really practice today. We had a lot of walkthroughs. And so those mental reps that we get, whether it be walkthrough or film study, 
all that stuff is going to be at a premium this week and because we won't get as many looks as we normally do. And we're coming against a team who, you know, last time we played them, um, it was very close and it's going to be a chippy game. And, um, you know, they're competitors. And, and Chris Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's a division game. So it's, it's yeah, we're going to have to get our gears back up and, and get our enthusiasm up, get our energy up and, and get ready to play. How much have they changed over, you know, obviously it's week three, it was a, a lifetime ago. But I mean, this team obviously the big storyline is RG three and right. you know Colt McCoy. But personnel wise, I mean they got Deshaun, they've got Garcon, Andre right. Roberts, Jordan Reed. Like, what have they changed at all since the beginning of the season? You know what their their offense changes depending on what quarterback you get out there, and I think that's the hardest thing now is trying to get a gauge for which type of offense are we going to get when we face Kirk Cousins in week three. He's more of a drop-back quarterback, so you saw a lot of the West Coast things, spread out formations, getting rid of the ball quick. Um, then Colt McCoy was in there. <clears throat> he can do a little bit of both, so he can do the zone read stuff, but he's also good at drop-back, where RG3 is really more of a zone read, play-action pass deep type of quarterback. He's not really a true drop-back passer, and, and you can tell when they switch quarterbacks, they kind of change or they gravitate to one of those boxes. Um, so we just got to really get a feel early, especially um, to see kind of how they want to attack us. Obviously, they still got threats all over the field with Deshaun Jackson and um, Garcon, um, guys that can stretch the field. Roberts does a really good job in the slot. Uh, they got athletic tight ends that can get open. And then, you know, Morris is always – he's been a, a bell cow for him. He's a downhill running back. So they've got the weapons to help out whatever quarterback they put in there. It's just uh, which style of offense they want to attack us with. Bill Davis talked about it, but it, it, did it look like uh, Robert Griffin was a little bit more back athletically in, in this last game against New York than he was earlier in the season? Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, you know, he doesn't have anything to lose. And you can tell he's playing um, or he looked like he had a lot more confidence, especially in his throws and his reads. Um, athletically, and he looks healthy. He looks like he's moving pretty good. Um, you know, and he, he, he definitely showed to be kind of – the RG3 that everybody expected him to be when, when he really first bursted on the scene. Um, so, you know, we expect him to be on his on his A game, and he looks good. He looks refreshed, and I'm sure those weeks off um, helped him from a physical standpoint and from a mental standpoint of just gaining perspective on, on how to really approach the game, and you, you can tell. Malcolm, how much do you draw from your playoff experience with the Saints as you guys are gearing up for these last couple of weeks of the season? I draw – I mean, you draw on a lot, you know, because – it's a lot of guys in the league, you know, you would think that everybody in the league at some point has had a playoff game, and it's really not the case. A lot of people don't have the experience, and what wins in the playoffs is totally different than what wins in a regular season. Um, and I know a lot of the things that we're harping on now is really the turnover margin, and that's that's been our biggest Achilles heel um, all year. And we have a great explosive offense. We play well on defense. We stop the run, get after the quarterback. We got, in my opinion, the best special teams unit in the league. But we, the number one team statistic is turnovers, the turnover ratio, and that's what that's inputted on all three of those units. And we don't do re really well with that right now. I think we're minus nine. Mm -hmm. um, but anybody who's ever won a Super Bowl has been in the plus. And I, you know, I was telling people when we won in New Orleans, we were plus 11 on the season and plus eight in the postseason. I think when the Ravens won, they were plus six in the postseason, and Seahawks were plus seven. And then so 
if it's one thing that we need to fix and fix in a hurry, it's, it's that taking care of the football and, and taking it away. Before we let you get going here, from your bow tie collection, is there something that we could put on Fran here? Uh, yeah. Upgraded yeah, style. Got everything. He's got the purple shirt, shirt today, yeah. so. Well, I can tell you as as one of the spokesmen for, uh, <laughs> for Rock Evans bow tie, that we, we I'm sure we do have something for you. Yeah, whatever your style is, I I, I can do you. You know, since we're talking about the zombies, then we got a bow tie. It's called Tango Wreck, and it's the um, it's camouflage. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it would look good with this. Yeah, while you chopping down zombies, do it in style. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm like Jenkins, it. thank you very much for joining us oh, here thanks for having me on guys. the Eagles Insider Podcast. All right, special thanks to Malcolm Jenkins. This game, so we started last week off the cuff. Bo did a great job coming up with it, where we went through the 2012 undrafted draft class. Oh, I'm for so the excited Eagles. about yeah. this. This is good. So, Brian Thomas went back in the archives and dug up the names that comprised the 2011 undrafted draft class. So wait, there the are Eagles. clues here? Uh, yeah, of all right, course. All right. Okay. All right. Is so it are, are we are we rotating or do we just jump in? I thought it was gonna be jump in. Okay. We're Let's just jump, jump in. in. All right. Yeah. So first one. Okay. Okay. Notable name. A running back, small stature. He was a big deal. Um coming no, out. Noel Divine. Very good. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. This one this is, this is gonna be a tough one. A tight end of Michigan. Uh, Martel Webb. <laughs> Exchanging blows. That's Here we go. Disgusting. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. That is that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Finally, I didn't get it. That's the first time that you've played that. It has not had to do with me. Next. <laughs> okay. Receiver from Indiana. Name Ooh. that guy. Oh, I messed up on that, BT. I did. My bad. I'm sorry. So it's been like two hours since we discussed it. So. Receiver out of Indiana. Receiver out of Indiana. His initials are TT. Nondescript guy. Tommy Thompson. Uh. <laughs> he has the same first name as one of our IT guys here <laughs> at the Eagles. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't. I don't remember I don't this guy. Terrence. No. Terrence Thompson. Terrence. Tewksbury. Terrence. <laughs> I don't know this guy. Terrence Williams. This guy know. must have not made it out of the spring. <laughs> Terrence Turner. Wow. Oh, I, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go. The one guy who's still on the team. Seth Thornton. Very good. Uh, nice. All right. A linebacker from Hampton. Name oh. that guy. Yeah, I'm just yeah, not meant to be a game show host. Linebacker from Hampton. Uh, Last name rhymes with Beast. Eddie Least. Small school guy. Wow. He already told us where he went to school. Did I? Okay. <laughs> I got nothing. Did I tell you? That's it. He said Hampton. All Hampton, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Just in case you know, Hampton throwing is Throwing the towel, though. Got to keep What's going. What's his first initial? B. BP. Peast. B. Brandon Peast. Oh, Brandon Pegeese. There you go. Oh, oh very nice. All right. Pegeese the Beast. Excellent. The poor man's Vince Young. Name. Oh, oh uh, 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 I lost, I lost sound. Um, um, I know this. Oh, he's going back no. and forth with Tannehill. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> 
Wasn't he the first oh. pick in the arena league that year? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, I know this. Oh, oh this is really good radio. Initials are JJ. Oh, J- I immediately regret this decision. Jermaine too. Johnson? No. Uh, Gerard Johnson. Yes. Gerard Johnson. Yes. He had the, one of the best college football. It was against Texas. He led them to a huge <laughs> What are we, 3-2 three, three, right now? It's a night game. Friday yeah. night game. I remember. Next. All right. Next. A punter. Ryan Tidlotska. Name that guy. No? No. He actually was on the team for. Oh. Oh. oh uh, Chaz Henry. Very good. Oh, Chase. Okay, next guy. The running back who could not spell his first name correctly. Derek Locke. <laughs> name that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Out of the oh, U. oh, um, out of what? Out of the U. Oh, Greg Cooper. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Good one. All right. Excellent. The tall receiver whom all fans were DeAndre fed. Jones. Yeah. No, DeAndre Brown. Brown. Yep. Yes. Bo gets it. Southern Miss. Last but not least. Oh, this is it. Oh, I'm so, this is so sad. I want to keep going. <laughs> a receiver out of Fairmont State, and it's a guy who. Name Fairmont that State. Guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to name this, that guy. And it's a guy who what? Did, did nothing. Did nothing, yes. Fairmont State? Wow. Perry Baker. I'm I'm not wow. even gonna waste. Yeah. Uh, I remember that one. This was, I this don't was, remember whatsoever. This, this was after Zip Duncan's time or before? I uh, thought for sure we were gonna get Zip Duncan in here. No. Zip Duncan was yeah, this is after Zip here. Duncan was like oh nine, ten? Yeah, that might be right. Well that's a six two stomping. So nice work. I'm ready to I'm ready to defend my title next week. So everyone in this room. Is now dumber for having listened to it. <laughs> That's yes. one of the greatest accomplishments no in my life, I feel like. And may God have mercy on your soul. We should, we should have a belt. It's a shame we're coming up with this so late yeah. in the season. Be I nice mean, there's only belt. so many times we could It should be one it. of those, like, uh, like you know, if they make a slap belt, like a slap bracelet. Ooh. Like a slap belt for, the sl- for knowing the slappies. There you go. That's a good, good one. I like that. It's a good one. So, good. last thing we're going to do here on the show is go through the bowl games. Bowl games kick off this weekend. Can't spell bowl without my bow. Revenge. And, uh, you know, Fran will give us some insight into some of the possible draft prospects who could be coming out of these games. And uh, you guys can offer your thoughts on who will oh, win. A little early journey to the draft podcast. Yes. A little wet the appetite just a bit. Yep. The first one, Saturday at 11 a.m., the New Orleans Bowl between Nevada and Louisiana Lafayette. Nevada's favorite in the game. I like Nevada. I like Nevada. They got a quarterback, uh, Cody Fajardo, who's going to go down to the Shrine this is Game. Great. Uh, this is great. Yep. All right. All right. We'll just do it one time, one time just, for the entire. Just assume that it's going to yes. be the rest of the time. Cody Fajardo will lead them to victory, Nevada. Um, I agree. Okay. <laughs> the New Mexico Bowl, Utah State against UTEP. Sorry to John Dorenboss, but I'm going Utah State in a, in, a, in a whomping. Utah State is favored in this game. Yeah, I like Utah State, too. Um, Curtis I don't Marsh. think they have any seniors. That's that the first I thing I think of as well. Robert Turbin. That's the first guy I think of. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any seniors at Utah State. Okay. The Las Vegas Bowl, Utah against Colorado State. This is the headliner of the day. 
Utah's favored. Utah's favored. Jeez, that's pathetic. <laughs> hey, Colorado State won 11 games this year, 10 games this year. And their coach is uh, gone. Well, <laughs> they're saying it could be uh, Scott Frost. That's the newest report mm, from Spot Fox Sports. Um, they both the quarterbacks going both to teams, the senior yeah, bowl, right? Both both teams have uh, have good players. Uh, both of them have team players that are going to the senior bowl. Uh, the quarterback from Colorado State, Garrett Grayson, is a is going to be at the senior bowl. Uh, probably one of the best pocket passers that's going to be in this draft. There's not a, it's not a good draft for quarterbacks, and he's one of the rare pocket passers. So um, he'll be the headliner there. They've got a left tackle, Tyler Sambrello, that I really, really like. Athletic kid. I think he's going to get drafted pretty high. Uh, there's a couple other guys there, Colorado State. But then Utah's got a couple guys on defense. It'll be the Senior Bowl. Nate Orchard is a defensive end. Probably would play linebacker at the next level. How old are these guys? Utah's got notoriously <laughs> yeah, old guys. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't, th- I, I don't think they're McGill. absurdly old. Yeah, I don't think they're absurdly old. But um, Orchard, you know, like I said, is like a high-motor pass rusher. And then uh, Eric Rowe is the corner. He's a big kid. He's like 6'1", who can run. So we'll see. Who are you picking? I would take – I'm going to take Colorado State. Even losing the coach, I'm going to take Colorado State. I think Keith Van Horn's the X factor here. I'm going Utah. There you go. Did you see? Uh, did you see? Did you watch the Heisman presentation? No. You have got to see Eric Crouch. What Eric Crouch looks like these days Why is that? unbelievable. He, I mean, he looks like he sells granola on the side of the road. <laughs> and that's what he looks like. <laughs> like barefoot. Would you buy granola off Eric Crouch? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he have a beard that rivaled yours? He, he had a he had a serious like like hippie beard. Yeah, so yes. impressive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was just a man's beard. <laughs> we, we can debate that on another podcast. All the, right, what's the next Idaho one? Potato Bowl, yep. Western Michigan against Air Force. Oof. Air Force is favored. I'm going to take Western Michigan. Uh, I'm going to take Chad Hall. Match. Chad Hall. Here we go. Like, Any prospects? Not of that no? I can okay. think of off the top of my head now. Chad the Hall. Nightcap, <laughs> the nightcap is the Camellia Bowl, South Alabama, and Bowling Green. Oh, yeah. South Alabama. Oh, yeah. I'm taking South Alabama. Uh, they are favored. South Alabama has got a quarterback, Brandon Bridge, who's really, really intriguing. Not going to the Senior Bowl, not going to the Shrine game. Very, very surprising. Uh, but he's going to the NFLPA game uh, out in L.A., which will be on ESPN, too. But um, Bridge is a big kid who can throw the ball. He's, ath- uh, he's really athletic. Uh, I, I've liked him. From what I've seen of him, you watch him against Mississippi State early in the year. His receivers did not help him out. They just jumped up to the FBS level uh, a couple of years ago. He's a good good player. I disagree mm. big time. Uh, <laughs> those receivers don't help him out for a reason. They're not going to help him out in this game. I think Bowling, Bowling, Bowling Green by double Hot digits. Hot Fighting Falcons. Bowling Green by double digits. All yeah. Mac. Monday, the Miami Beach Bowl, BYU, and Memphis. Memphis is favored. Uh, I like their coach. Memphis, I think Memphis will win. I like Darius Washington here to make an impact. I'm going Memphis. There you go. Okay. Tuesday, you have the Boca Raton Bowl. Marshall against Northern Illinois. Mm. This is a bummer for Marshall because Marshall was undefeated going into the final week, and then they lost, and now they end up at the at this bowl. So that goes into effect. <laughs> at this definitely, bowl. They, they definitely plays a factor. <laughs> um, I'm still going to go Marshall. They've got a couple guys. They've got Rakeem Cato as a, qu- as a quarterback, but – I don't know what his NFL he prospects. I, I he's small, man. That's the, that's the he's like 170 pounds. So, uh, jeez, yeah. But he's a four-year starter and he's been very productive. Uh, Vinny Curry loves him, uh, as he, as BT will attest to. But uh, I'm gonna take Marshall. I'm so I'm gonna stick with Marshall. Who are they playing? Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Ooh, Michael Turner. Uh, I'll take Marshall. Hollis Thomas. 
I'll take Marshall. <laughs> I'll take Matthew McConaughey and Marshall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That's, that's a Hollis Thomas. That's a Hollis Thomas. Wow. Wow. You could hear that. The, you could hear the chin stud through the uh, <laughs> through the sound. <laughs> Dang. Last but not least, that was not a sounder that got played. That was BT laughing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> The nightcap on Tuesday, the San Diego. Uh, the one County. we've all been waiting for. Credit Union, poinsettia ball. Poinsettia, poinsettia I feel like San Diego ball. State is always in this game. Well, yeah. It's and, always, and, and it's always a military uh, academy. Yeah. Navy I, and San Diego State. You got to like San Diego State. Anytime any team has more, to, like than, uh, more than like a week to prepare for that option offense, more often than not, they win. So I'm going to give San Diego State credit here. Navy rolls Alejandro Villanueva. He, goes, uh, he went to Army. Army. Well, Watches on in sadness. You didn't let me finish <laughs> the sentence. <laughs> Watches on in sadness as Navy dominates. Kyle Eckel. Okay. Kyle Eckel, that's right. So uh, David Robinson is a happy man. So that's a first look at the bowl season. That's right. It's depressing though because because we just spent ten minutes talking about these crappy bowl games. <laughs> wow. College football se- regular season's over. Yeah. It's not that depressing. Fran- Nobody it's cares very about depressing. college football Fran- season except for the draft. Friends in mourning. I felt a very uh, – there was an absolute void on Saturday when I woke up and there was no college football <laughs> to get ready for. I mean, Army-Navy's great. Everyone loves Army-Navy. Yeah. But, you know. What do you got? Oh, we- this is for the bowl this season? This is weekend for dudes and dudettes. <laughs> I want to see everyone come on down to New York City. There's so many great attractions. Make a long weekend of it. Let's go take in the sights. The Dude Pyre State Building. <laughs> The Dudenheim Museum. The Dude 2 of Liberty. <laughs> the Dude 2. The Dude of Feller. Center. I would have gone with Stats, stats Dude of Liberty. Of course. Of course. Dude Square. Dude Square. See one of the Thank greatest you. football contests of the year. BC, Penn State. I want to see all our New York area alumni come out in force. Let's pack Yankee Stadium in maroon and gold. That's obviously getting ready for the pinstripe ball. Okay, so there's two different things here. Uh, well, right. if, if he's asking the New York alumni to come out, why does he have to go over the, the sites of New York with them? That's they a valid know. point. Very yep. valid point. Uh, I well, think I think he's also thing. assuming that there's you know people coming from Boston to the game. He just wants to make sure that you get the New York guys and girls. And also, there. he called it one of the best football contests of the year. you got to be <laughs> bleeping me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd rather. I mean, I'd, I'd literally rather watch a Pee Wee football game. <laughs> Look, Boston College has some players. You know, Penn State's got Hackenberg. There's some good players there. Penn State's got some players. Could yeah, be worse. They have some players. It like, could be worse. Like physical beings who play football. <laughs> On that note, that's gonna do it for this edition Matt of the Eagles Insider Podcast. For Fran Duffy, Bowl from Chris McPherson. We'll Thank be you back for listening to Eagles next Weekly. Week.